Welcome in to the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. With your defending champion, Stirk Daddy, runner up, Cascade Bear, third place, Amelia Clark Fan, D. Sladkey, Bucks and Six, Justin STP6, Lefty79, Andy Pollock, Little Slads, Prince Palmer17, Spaceballs the FFT, and WGL1035. Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. We are here today to wrap up season. We we'll wrap up week five, uh, including the Gulag and For the Throne Dynasty League, and then kind of preview week six, which will be coming. So let's get started right away by talking about the Gulag, and one of ours was dropped. I'm the Lord of the Veil. When I grow up, I'll be able to fight anybody who bothers me. Or yeah, it was a, we get it was a sad week. Getting Chris Carson for six hundred something dollars, and then immediately not having him play, and helping Dalvin Cook not play, kind of screwed me over at the running back positions. Um, Jared Goff didn't get me ten points. My running backs were Travis Homer and Philip Lindsay, which combined didn't even get me five. That's not good. Yeah. Um, Jamar Chase was the only reason I was even close. Uh, with incredible performance. And every single person on my team did not score above a eight from my kicker outside <laughs> of Chase. And then to, ca- to cap it all off, uh, I, I have to thank the Chargers defense for a nice minus nine against the, the Browns. Very thankful for that. <laughs> I'm not going to set the lowest score ever, but it was still a really pitiful performance. Yep. And then also we had Drew Adams get eliminated. Uh, he was like, I swear to God, I'm going to drop Brandon Ayuk. I'm like, not like it would be an outlandish thing to do that. He's done like nothing. Yeah, Ayuk's had a pretty rough year. If we look at some of the waivers, though, Dalvin Cook was the big one, and he went for $721 to Joe. Uh, Joe right now, I believe, is the, let's see, I'm going to look at the ranks. Right now, Joe is the number five ranked remaining player. So he gets to bolster that team, and it really depends on when he actually plays since he did not play last week. $721, that was a lot of money. Then we had Sneaky Siggy picked up Jamar Chase for $611. From the outside looking in now with him being eliminated, do you believe that was an overpay? Was it fair? We still have 22 teams left. Um. Jamar Chase has been incredible. He has legitimately saved my ass a couple times already. 
So I think it's a little bit of an overpay, but not by as much as you'd think. And I also think it's pretty crazy that Delvin Cook, Jamar Chase all went for over $600. Uh, well, we haven't talked about Hawkinson yet, but Hawkinson went for good money. Carson went for good money. My team was really good. It just they happened to all get hurt at the same time, which, well, the running backs got hurt at the same time, which screwed me. And then Will went ahead and put down $493 on Kyler. Uh, the news just came out today that he is hurt. He's dealing with a very similar injury that he dealt with at the end of last year. <laughs> um, Will does have Matt Ryan on his team. but The Falcons are on bye this week, so he did need to make some sort of a quarterback move. He gets Kyler. Kyler doesn't seem to be in danger of not playing this week. However, like I just made mention of, he is a little bit banged up. Uh, however, he is one of the top, if not the top, fantasy quarterback this year on a per-game basis. Uh, yeah, he's my starter and for the throne, and he's been incredible this year. First bad performance last week, and it wasn't even that horrific. Uh, it kind of was, uh, but fantasy-wise. But it wasn't, like, outlandishly bad. I thought something that was really, really interesting um, was Devontae Booker and Saquon Barkley both went for $201 to slap nuts. Uh, <laughs> can't say that without laughing. Um, but it was interesting that he, he dropped $402 on the Giants' backfield. And Saquon's worth it when he's healthy. Obviously, he just got hurt, so he gets his top back up. I think that's a very interesting move, and it, it's taking... 40% of your budget on the Giants' backfield is an interesting strategy. I don't know how I feel about that one. Um, if you look at Slapnut's team now, so he only has $73 worth of fab left. Uh, if you look at week six and who he currently has in the lineup, obviously he's going to have the Giants running back. Uh, but let's take a look here and see what else he's got going. So he's got Rodgers, and then his running backs are Devontae Booker and uh, um, Chase Edmonds. And then he's got Allen Robinson and Odell as wideouts. Dan Arnold at tight end. Uh, his flex right now, he's got no one. It could be Sterling Shepard, but he's injured. So that's questionable. And then he's got the Packers defense, which should be a really good play this week. So yeah, he does have still like a really sketchy team, I feel like. It's an interesting strategy. I, I guess I can understand one of the two, <clears throat> but both. 40% of your budget, that's a lot. Um, Sneaky Siggy also went and picked up TJ Hawkinson. His roster is looking pretty damn good right now. Um, TJ was a great player on my team. You'll be missed. Uh, for $284, which was a lot, but he is a top five tight end right now in fantasy. Actually, sorry, sixth tight end in fantasy. All right, let me read off Sneaky Siggy's current starting lineup. Joe Burrow, who's got the, the throat issue or whatever, uh, I don't think he's in danger of not playing. They're playing against the Lions in a dome. He's not even listed as questionable. Oh, okay. Uh, and then running backs, he's got Najee Harris, who's been a beast, but then he also has Larry Roundtree. And I'll tell you, as a Charger fan, he rarely plays. Like, well, he had zero snaps last year. Yeah, he's on bye. 
So then wide receivers, he's got Jalen Rieger and uh, Julio Jones, if he would play. But and then he has Jamar Chase on his bench. Watkins is hurt, and then he's got Deshaun Jackson, who he just picked up as well. Yeah, because he got three of my guys in a row that he's starting next week. TJ, Jamar Chase, and the Buffalo's kicker, Tyler Bass. <clears throat> so we'll see if the the sneaky, siggy uh, JSP's team can <laughs> can keep going. <laughs> uh, Billy, uh, Billy then picked up Chris Carson for $181. Billy also became the number one worldwide gulag player this week by surviving week five. He passed Kayla, who is inactive, being eliminated very early. If you look at his team, he's got some of his nicknames are so funny. Uh, they're like sexual innuendos just based off the name of the player. So like show me your teddies, uh, suck my ditka for Darnell Mooney, suck on my face. Like, where does he think of these? <clears throat> I like Chris Carson's new name, Chris Carson of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, our, he might throw him right in if he actually plays this week because right now his starting running backs are Tony Pollard and Sony Michelle. Sony actually had a really good game last week, but he only played like 35% of the snaps. And then Tony Pollard... Uh, is arguably the the best handcuff in foot handcuff in football, and he only plays around forty percent of the snaps, but he's still good if you look at his recent games for at least six and a half points, which if everybody else gets the job done could help. <clears throat> True. Um, two more of note: um, you grabbed Marvin Jones for eighty two dollars, and Andy grabbed Devin Singletary for ninety nine. I thought that was okay. The Devin Singletary one. He, like, barely even plays now because Zach Moss is getting most of the work. I did not like that one. And I, I say that from experience because... Overpay. He, yeah. And I have him in goons. So, like, he, he played 26% of the snaps yes, or last week. Uh, he's only targeted twice. And he's been called to his specialty being catching the ball. And they're not even targeting him, like, like at all. <clears throat> and like he's got games of three nine three in the last three, and all three of those Zach Moss has been there. The other two where he scored ten plus, Zach Moss was not playing. Yeah, it seems like a little. Uh, it seems like a lot. Almost ten percent of your budget on a guy that doesn't get the field that much. Well, what about you? With Marvin, how do you feel about that one? Yeah. So. Marvin Jones, the main reason I did it is I was starting Khalif Raymond last week, who's coming off a couple pretty decent weeks. Um, I have Corey Davis on bye, which is, it sounds kind of sad, but that's kind of a big loss for my team because he's just been so consistent with his number of targets. I know the lowest, that or last week he scored eight and a half points, but he's still being targeted at least seven times a game, which does help in a full PPR. Um, and you, but usually now with Jameson Crowder being back, it'll be interesting what his role is going to be because Jameson Crowder plays in the slot and Zach Wilson does air it out a little bit. And it seemed like he had a connection with Corey Davis. Uh, but Jameson Crowder, you know, with a rookie quarterback, their safety net really is either a pass catching running back or someone that's near the line of scrimmage. So, that could be Jamison Crowder. Could also be one of the 
tight ends, but their tight ends are just so cheeks. It doesn't even matter. I'm starting Marvin <laughs> Jones right now with A.J. Brown. So it looks like Marvin Jones had two pretty bad weeks, but he's still on the field 90% of the time plus. And it's really only him and LaVisca Chanel. Both of them have been misused. That's the danger, though, um, with with guys like this because uh, Urban Meyer is a bum. <clears throat> well, yes, Urban Meyer complicates all of that because Urban Meyer is up there for one of the worst coaches ever for an NFL team. But yeah, um, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, those guys should be focused on because they are very, very good and talented receivers. Uh, I thought putting that uh, putting him on your team right now, this week is going to be a good spot for you because the Dolphins defense has been pretty horrific this year. Yeah. So last week I picked up Ricky Seals Jones, but I didn't really know what his role was going to be. Man, he looked really good this week. He basically looked like a clone of Logan Thomas. He was playing the exact same way, and Taylor Heineke targeted him a lot, even for having a rough game himself. And now they play against the Chiefs defense, who's one of the worst in the league um, so far this season. So I'm definitely going to ride him out, especially knowing I have the stack starting Heineke. Uh, the only decision I'm really going to have to think about would be with Damian Harris as my running back too, because he is banged up. And then also Conklin, if I believe in him against Carolina. Uh, again, Conklin has been on the field 70 plus percent of the time, and he is the starting tight end. Um, but it, it, it depends on if he's going to be getting targeted. And the Vikings obviously have much better pass catching options. Yep. Yes, they do. We'll come back and talk about the Gulag next week when we will have our top 20 left. And hopefully I'm there. We'll see. I was looking at your brother's team. I think your brother's team is in a little bit of trouble. Um, well, I'm looking at week five. Sorry about that. Has he been texting you about your his team? Yeah, he said um, he was surprised I wanted to join back in, but I told him about the podcast. He multiple times in the past few weeks has said, like, I don't know how I'm still in it. I have no idea how I'm still in it. Well, look at his team right now. His quarterback is Russell Wilson. He has no one on the bench. So he's going to have to stream someone. Um, and then running back. Most likely not that waivers were today. That's, I, that's the only thing I can think of because his first two guys are not going to be able to be playing. And who knows with and Chubba is probably not going to be a starter anymore either. I don't expect him to make it through this week. Is CMC back this week? Well, it says Chubba Hubbard's currently projected for two points. So we can assume. With CMC poised to return, which could be as soon as next week, Hubbard could be sent to the bench upon the starter's arrival. Mm. So. you got three good yeah. options in Hopkins, Pittman, and Cooks. I don't know if he knew this, but Rex Specs is going to go to the IR. Is he? Yeah. Okay, I, I, I saw that he was a non-participant. Um, I have to go grab a kicker in for the throne. I am not dropping Rex Specs. <laughs> I just need another kicker to. I just need another kicker to get me through the next few weeks while he's hurt. But um, yeah, I, that's that's sad. Michael Badgley, oh the Money Badger is going to be their kicker. Good yes, boy. he was shitty though this earlier this year with the Titans. Oh, yeah. Ever since he nicknamed himself Money Badger, he's been complete trash. <laughs> yeah, it was great last year. 
But fucking Tristan Moscano is garbage. Missed an extra point, and he just shanked it bad. Doesn't really matter, though, because you know Brandon Stale is going for two on most occasions anyways, or going out for it on fourth. True. And yeah, it, he, Tristan Vizcano was not even close to being the worst kicker of this past weekend. Now, all kickers suck this past weekend. So. <laughs> you, you have the personal pain of that. Hmm? I said you experienced firsthand pain from that. Quite a bit. Uh, I, I think I said you got to be fucking kidding me about 30 times in that span of all the five missed kicks. And then I just tackled when uh, Mick was celebrating his missed kick. He was so shocked. And I, I just couldn't stop laughing for like two minutes straight. Yeah. <laughs> um, looking forward to the Packers schedule. Do you feel good about the team right now? No. Obviously, losing Kyrie Alexander is tough. So, tempered expectations, because Jair is a huge part of that defense. He just shuts down one half of the field. Um, Stokes has looked good in spaces. Kevin King, I don't trust for anything. Um, so, they need some help at corner, which is why I think they went out and signed a, a guy off the street the other day who used to be a starter. Uh, their defense needs some work. But offensively, once their guys start coming back, like Bakhtiari hasn't played this year, Jenkins hasn't played this year, and all of their two all-pro linemen, they get back, I think the offense will be just fine. I was looking at the Chargers schedule, and I was just blown away with how tough it is. Like, they probably have like six or seven games left of potential playoff teams this year or playoff teams from last year. Uh, Joe was so excited when he saw the Broncos schedule because it is so easy, but they've been losing games they should not lose. They also started the season when they were three or four and oh to begin no three and oh. Uh they played three pretty bad teams. Yeah, they they should have had a lot more points there. All right, it's that time. Let's get into some cookies. Cookie! All right, let's hear it. What do you got for us this week? So this week we have a very, very good cookie score. Just a touch off of uh, that our top total of 399.98 points, which was impressive. I do have to say uh, Tom Brady had a phenomenal game. But Justin Herbert outscored him and would have gotten the QB cookie this week, and we might have beaten our record if that were the case. But, wait, no, Tom, Will started Dak Prescott over, he traded Tom Brady. Dak Prescott, uh, if he started Justin Herbert, that still would have, Justin Herbert would have still would have gotten that cookie. Instead, Lamar, on that impressive uh, Monday night comeback for Ryan, 49.88 with the cookies. So far this year, that is our top quarterback score. Like I said, Herbert would have beaten it, but he was not played. Uh, at running back, Austin Eckler was another cookie uh, from Stark with 32.9 points. Then two of my guys, Jonathan Taylor on Monday night with that 75-yard screen pass ended up with 31.9. And then Devontae Adams was wide receiver one this past week with 37.6 points. <laughs> Stirk gets one with Mike Williams at 
Jake gets the top tight end score of the year so far, and potentially in a, in a long time at least. I, I didn't get a chance to look up uh, top tight end scores, but Mark Andrews with 41.7 points on Monday night. And there was one point where I looked at a tweet and it said that Mark Andrews legitimately scored 17 PPR points in one drive because they kept throwing it to him all the way down the field. Then he got the touchdown and he gets a two point conversion. Um, another guy from that Monday night shootout, Marquise Brown in the flex spot for space balls, 33.5 and little slads with Derrick Henry at 31. Sterk's kicker, Nick Folk had 15 against that horrific game against the Texans that the Patriots somehow won. In the defensive spots, Harold Landry for Andy with 18.5 points from the D-line. At linebacker and DB, uh, Little Slads with a three-cookie week. Hassan Reddick with 18 at linebacker. Kevin Byard with 31 at the DB spot. And then... Cue the happy music. Logan gets his first cookie of the year. Derwin James, 22 and a half from the IDP flex spot. So, Little Slads had a great week for cookies. Um, and Sterk had a few. I had a few. But Logan gets off the schneid. So, if we go to the player totals, uh, all the QBs, they only have one so far. At running backs, CMC, Derrick Henry, and Austin Eckler have two wide receivers. Cooper Cup, Breakfast Buddy, Tyreek, Debo, Scary Terry, uh, Devontae Adams, and Mike Williams have two. And uh, linebackers, TJ Watt and Roquan Smith have two, and Kevin Bayard gets his second. Uh, For the team totals, we have Sterk. Leading the pack with 12 cookies in second, a tie for second, are D. Sladke and Team Pollock at seven. Outdoor Furnishings, my team, CISA 5 sucks, and Team Little Slads have six. Backflips for Tua, Baseballs, the FFT, and Team Palmer have four. Rocky Rococo has three, and in last place, Amelia Clark fan and all elite fantasy with one apiece. Let's go. Like I said, our, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, our team score 39, 399.98 points. Our week two score was just a little bit higher at 402.74. And those were our cookies this week. We do have at least one trade to talk about and some waivers from our league. Okay. So we got. Well, you had a couple tight end moves. Just an update on that Max Williams trade. I know you don't like the thought of this, but you gave away a couple picks for Max Williams, and now it looks like he's going to be out for the year. Is that correct? Yeah, we swapped fifths, so that wasn't too big of a loss. But that third, yeah, that's that was a rough one. I, I'm not feeling great about that one. Then we just had a recent trade. Lefty ends up getting Zach Ertz and gives away Randy's 2023 third-round pick. So Sterk gets another pick, a later uh, like a middling pick, and Lefty gets a starting tight end with Dallas Goddard being on the COVID list. So, um, what did you think of the trade? I thought it was good value for a future third round pick. 
Yeah, okay. uh, a good value for sure. Um, Stark can, or uh, Lefty can start Ertz this week or next until Gronk's fully back and Goddard's out. But I also think that Lefty needs more youth. So losing future picks probably isn't the wisest choice. Uh, we'll have to see how this pays off for him. For Stark, it's a no-brainer. He gets gets a backup tight end in his on his team. He gets a pick out of it, so that's a win for him for sure. Let's take a look at a couple waivers. Uh, this week was a little bit a little bit uh, bare in terms of who was all picked up. Uh, starting with first of all, Randy put ten dollars in on Geno Smith, so he now has the starting quarterback no matter what in Seattle. It looks like the next highest bid was seven dollars by you. Yeah, I I just figured I'd put my name in the hat there. Uh, but yeah, Randy might as well just replace Russell with there, but he could also start Trevor Lawrence too. So mm-hmm. Randy is Kirk Cousins. That too. And then the second one that happened was I previously dropped Preston Williams from the Dolphins and Lefty picked him up for $5. No one else made a bid. Actually had a good game uh, last week. Yeah, solid depth piece. Uh, the wider injuries in Miami for sure. After that, we had Randy who picked up Chris Moore, who I had no fucking clue who that is. I picked him up for $5, but I looked at him. He had 21 points from last week against the Patriots. It looks like he had five catches for 109 and a touchdown. Yeah, so they signed him to the active roster either before last week's game or before after this past week's game. He was the one that Dave, when Davis Mills was scrambling and just chucked the ball up there, and he made a great catch and then just took off because there was nobody around him and scored like a 70-yard touchdown. I had never heard of him before that play. So, I mean, Randy gets another depth piece receiver. Um, I was thinking the same way with my next bid. I put three bucks in on DeAndre Carter, who was supposed to be just a punt returner, kick returner kind of guy. But with some injuries at the football team, he actually got some catches last week. So I figured, what the hell. You made a move too, right? Yeah, I picked up Devontae Freeman for $1. Uh for Ross Dwelly. I think Devontae Freeman came full circle. Let me see here. Um, nope. Drafted by Rowdy Rowdy as a fourth round pick and then was dropped and then picked up by Ryan for 26, picked up by Sturt, picked up by D Slads, picked up by Will, picked up by me. That's like half the that's that's pretty impressive, actually. <laughs> And then we had a bunch of $0 bids uh, that weren't really relevant. So let's go ahead and take a look at, I'll do week five, and then you can go ahead and preview week six afterwards. Does that work? I think so. I think that's what we've been doing. Okay, so week five, the first matchup was between myself, All Elite Fantasy, and the last backflip. I end up getting my first victory of the season. I moved to one and four with a 21 point victory, 167.3 to 146.9. Uh, lefty moves to one and four as well, and last place due to points for tiebreaker. 
On my side, I had Jalen Hurts had 22.9. My running backs were piss awful with Clyde Edwards Hilaire at 3.4 and Travis Homer at 2.8. But I did have 24 out of Chase Claypool, 20.9 out of Michael Pittman Jr., 14 out of Greg Zerline, and then my IDPs were just awesome this week. Matthew Judon, who I recently picked up, had 18. Christian Kirksey had 11, the former Packer. Derwin James with 22 and a half. And then Cole Holcomb with 14, another recent pickup. On lefty side, he had 23.7 from Rogers, 25.9 from Kareem, 18.8 from CeeDee Lamb, 11 from Mason Crosby, which doesn't make sense because he missed three field goals and an extra point. I think it was just because they were so long. I think so, yeah. And he had 10.5 from Daniil Hunter, 14.5 from Buda Baker. So again, both of us moved to 1 and 4. The second matchup of the week was between Spaceballs and Stirk Daddy. Stirk Daddy ended up winning this matchup by around 50 point, 60 points, 221 to 166. Uh, Spaceballs is now 2 and 3. Stirk Daddy is now continuing to be undefeated at 5 and 0. Oh. On the Spaceball side, he's got 25.2 from Zeke, 22.2 from Najee Harris, 19.5 from Hunter Henry, and then in the flex, 33.5 from Marquise Brown, and then 18.4 from Cordero Patterson. Believe it or not, Marquise Brown was kind of a bust in the first half of the game, and then he, I think he caught two touchdowns, including a long one in the second half to really help his game. Then Trayvon Diggs continues his interception streak. He had 15 points. On Stirk's side, he had 42.5 from Josh Allen, 32.9 from Eckler, 14.8 from Tyreek Hill, 27 from Robert Woods, finally, 36.5 from Mike Williams, 15 from his kicker Nick Folk, 11.5 from Miles Garrett, and then 15.5 from Quinnen Williams. Nope, not Quinnen Williams. Uh, Quincy Williams. Uh, so, again, if we go here, um, looks like Spaceballs is 2-3 and three and 5-0 and oh is Stirk Daddy. Next matchup, we had D Sladkey and Andy. Uh, Andy ends up winning this matchup by around 51 points, 193.4 to 142.5. Andy's now 3-2, and, and D Slads is also 3-2. and two. On Andy's side, she had... Matthew Stafford, 18 and a half. Leonard Fournette with 21. DeAndre Swift with 22 22.4. 16.2 from Cooper Cup. Uh, 20.7 for DeAndre Hopkins. 19.4 from Justin Jefferson. Uh, she had 10-point games from both IDPs. Uh, and then also on the Sladkey side, he had 22.9 from Mahomes. Two double-digit games from his running backs, James Conner and Mike Davis. Uh, he started Hunter Renfro and got 11 from him. He had 17 from Kelsey. Then in, in his flexes, Damian Williams and Devontae Smith combined for about 30. Nothing really from his IDPs. So 3-2, 3-2 after that match. Next matchup was between Amelia Clark fan and Rockies. Uh, Amelia Clark fan moves to 3-2 with a 11-point victory, 160.9 to one. 49.6. Uh, Will move to two and three. Look at Randy's team. We had uh, Nick Chubb had 24. 
then also had Mike Evans with 29.3, 26.3 from Alexander Madison, a couple other double-digit games from others, and 13 from Darius Leonard. On Will's side, he had 26.6 from Dak Prescott, 21.7 from James Robinson, a 14 from Chris Godwin, and 26.8 from DK Metcalf. Outside of that, he had double digits from his kicker and from one of his IDPs. So Will moves to two and three, and Randy three and two. Next matchup was between Outdoor Furnishings and CISA Five Sucks. Uh, outdoor Furnishing one one eighty four point four to one seventy one point zero. So you moved to two and three, and then Outdoor Furnishing the three and two. Uh, on Cascade side, he had 21.2 from Antonio Gibson, 14.9 from Aaron Jones. Then he had 15.2 from Deontay Johnson, 41.7 from Mark Andrews, uh, 16 from Debo, uh, and then a bunch of other double-digit games. On your side, you had... Oh, boy, did you just see the chat? No. Read it quick. Oh, boy. <sighs> oh, what, boy. Whatever. On your side, uh, Jonathan Taylor had 31.9, uh, and Daryl Henderson, 16.9. Uh, Devontae Adams had 37.6. Um, and then 16 from Aaron Donald. Outside of that, nothing really of importance. So you're 2-3, and three, and Jake's 3-2. and two. Little Slads versus Prince Palmer was the next matchup, and this was just a high-scoring affair. Little Slads wins 225.3 to 219.2. Little Slads is now 3-2, and two, and Prince Palmer is 2-3. and three. Um, On Little Slads' side, he had 47.7 from Tom Brady, 31 from Derrick Henry, 25 from Sutton, uh, and then... Well, 31, as you made mention of, from Kevin Byard, and he had three double-digit games from his other IDPs. On Prince Palmer's side, he had 49.88 from Lamar, 30.2 from Kamara, 27.9 from Chase, 26.9 from Pitts. Uh, but he had a couple really, really low-scoring games to hurt him in this matchup. Um, he had a couple double-digit games from his IDPs as well. But again, Prince Palmer is now two and three, and Little Slads three and two. If you look at the standings, number one seed right now would be Stirk Daddy. Two would be Cascade Bear. Andy is the three. D Slads the four. Randy the five, and then Little Slads is the six. I'll pass it over to you to take over for week six preview. All right, for week six, uh, the first matchup we're just talking about, uh, Team Little Slads. He is going to be playing against me. Cecil 5 sucks. He is currently projected to lose by three, but we'll see how those projections change as people get in and out of different lineups. Um, at the moment, I'd start Kyler, Jonathan Taylor, Darnell Anderson, uh, Devontae Amari. Um, not sure my tight end yet. Not sure my second flex, but Brandon Cooks for sure. And I got to sub in a new kicker because Rex Spex is going on the IR. For Little Slads, uh, he's going to have Tom Brady against Philly on Thursday. That'll be interesting. Uh, I think they'll score a lot. Uh, Derrick Henry versus Buffalo. That's You might not get that much from him that time. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Scary Terry, 
and T. Higgins, and then Chris Carson and Cortland Sutton from the Flexers with Jared Cook at tight end, who Justin Herbert has made look great. If that score held, both teams would be 3-3, three and three, but we'll see because that's a really, really tight one. Move on to your matchup. You will be playing outdoor furnishings, and you are projected to lose by 23, uh, 167.8 to 145.9. You would be starting John Moxley, Brian Pillman Jr., Thunder Rosa, CM Punk, Darby Allen, MJF, Ray Phoenix, and the Gigantor Kali. Interesting tight end spot there. Um, for him, he'd be starting Bricks, Gazebo, Giant Sombrero and Shades, Flower Beds, Koi Fish Pond, Squirrel Feeder, Charcoal Grill, and Air Conditioning Unit. Charcoal Grill with a, a first start for the year as well. If those scores held, outdoor furnishings would go to 4-2. and two. All Elite Fantasy would move to 1-5. and five. Moving on to the next matchup, we have the last backflip versus Rockies. In this matchup, the last backflip would move to 1-5, and Rockies would move to 3-3. Three and three. If this prediction held, Rockies was supposed to be in win by 20. For the last backflip, he is starting Salto, Doubleback, Back Half, Flyaway Twist, Flyaway, Zach Ertz, Back Triple Full, and Wall Flip. For Rockies, he's starting Extra Cheesy Sausage, Extra Cheesy Superoni, Meat Lovers Calzone, Seven Topping Rockfather, Meatworks, Italian Sausage Motherload, Onion Rings Ranch in something, Italian Sausage Stromboli in the flex. We move on to the fourth matchup. We'd have Team D Sladkey versus Team Stark Daddy. This... Seems like it could be a little bit of a close one here. Stark is still projected to win, 198 to 189, uh, which would move into 6-0 and, and D Slacky to 3-3. Three three. I'm hearing a lot of 3-3s three three, so far, so going to have a little bit more jam again. Uh, for D Slacky, he'd be starting Pat Mahomes versus Washington defense. That's going to get a lot of points. Uh, CMC, if he comes back, versus Minnesota's defense. Daryl Williams, uh, Stefan Diggs, Hunter Renfro, Travis Kaus. Oh, boy. He's going to get a lot of points with that stack there. Uh, Devontae Smith and James Conner. For Sterk, he's got the Bill, Rag- Bill Wrangler at quarterback, the X-Factor coming off two straight cookies at running back, Joe Mixon, then Tyreek and Destroy and the Cabin in the Woods at wide receivers, Waller, I barely know her at tight end, and Mike Williams, and I can see for miles and miles in the flex spots. If that held, we said Stirk Daddy would go to 6-0, and and D Slacky would go to 3-3. Three and three. Another two teams that if this projection held, they'd move right back into 3-3 three and three territory. Uh, Amelia Clark fan is projected to beat Team Andy Pollock 189, or 181 to 169. That would move both teams to 3-3, three and three, so just we'll meet in the middle everywhere. Uh, for Team Andy Pollock, they'd have Matt Stafford at QB, Leonard Fournette and DeAndre Swift in the running back spots, Breakfast Buddy with Stafford, and Two Girls One Cup in wide receiver, along with Tyler Lockett, Evan Ingram at tight end, and DeAndre Hopkins and Roy in the flex spots. 
For Emilio Clark fan, he is going to start Trevor Lawrence uh, versus Miami's horrendous defense. Uh, then he's got Dalvin Cook or Madison, whoever's going to be playing uh, against Carolina. Nick Chubb. And then he has A.J. Brown and Mike Evans in the receiver spots. Dalton Schultz at tight end. And Julio and Odell in the flexes. For the final matchup, uh, another team that is geared in this matchup, a team is guaranteed to be 3-3 three and three after this week because both teams are 2-3 and three and someone has to win. This is also projected to be the closest matchup of the week where Spaceballs is projected to beat Prince Palmer by 3, 168.8 to 165.4. Prince Palmer would be starting Lamar Jackson, Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds and Cole Beasley, Jamar Chase and David Njoku coming off that monster game because Kyle Pitts is on by. And Kadarius Toney, as long as he doesn't try to punch someone, and DJ Moore. For Spaceballs, he has Major Asshole. And then at running backs, Lone Star and King Roland. At the wide receiver spots, he's got the Space Special, who he just picked up in Gulag, and Spaceball Trooper. At tight end is Prince Valium. In the wide receiver spots, he has Colonel Sanders and Eagle Five coming off the cookie. If this held, Prince Palmer would move to two and four and Spaceballs to three and three. I said three and three quite a bit. If all these projections held, I think we'd have about six teams at three and three and be in the same spot we were when we had like six teams at two and two a week and a half ago. So. How do you feel about your team right now, the current state? Eh. I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, my running backs are back, uh, Henderson and Taylor. I don't know who to start in my third, my fourth, final flex spot because the other three guys are pretty much locked in each week. But uh, and my tight ends are kind of rotating until Logan Thomas comes in. Although I have a lot more depth where I w- from where I was a few weeks ago. We'll have to see. I, I'm not sure if I'm buying or selling yet. So, too many people are stuck in the middle right now to make a, a firm determination. How are you feeling about yours? Well, well, just got to coast all the way to the end, don't we? And uh, my running backs are just absolutely bad. So I have a lot of picks to use. And uh, <clears throat> we'll have to see how that ends up going. Um, I feel like you almost have to make the playoffs because you traded your first away. Well, that was a long time ago when I did that. So, yes. Um, I don't even remember what team I traded that for. You traded Jake because you wanted to move up for Terrace Marshall, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I got Terrace Marshall and Trey Sermon. And both of them are really not starting quality players at this moment, but they hopefully will be in the future. So, what just happened here that what's going on in the chat? If you want to inform the squad. Uh, so Spaceballs just dropped a wide receiver two in Tim Patrick, who is better than three of his starting wide receivers right now. Uh, and then he claimed that he meant to drop someone else. It was an accident, supposedly. So I added him back to the team, but issued a $75 fab fine. And then that will be the amount going forward for everybody if they drop someone by accident and then want to pick them back up. So, uh, like, he just DM'd me and said, 
well, can you just take off the amount I was going to bid? And no, because that is not a fine then, it's just the issuing of what the bid was. Has the $75 bid been applied before? Wait, what? Has the 75 oh, sorry, $75 penalty of FAB been applied before for no, anyone else? No, because we've never had this occur. Okay, so this is the this is the policy going forward. So we are very clear because there's a lot of questions going around in the chat right now and people frustrated. Correct. Okay, got it. I mean, I'm fine with that. It, it seems fair. It happens. Not often, as we can see from this, is the first time in the three-year history that we've had this problem happen. But I think that's a pretty fair penalty. Correct. <laughs> My bid was like Stirk, thirty. Stirk just I said went he, higher. Stirk just said that he bid a hundred, but only has eighty-nine dollars. Impressive. Not sure how that would be possible. <laughs> We'll see if circus to this spot in the podcast. Circus called out. So make sure you listen in as we uh, call Stirk out for completely uh, lying in the chat. Uh, or sorry, no, you're not lying, but over-exaggerating in the chat about how much he could have bid. You got anything else here? Nope. <clears throat> that I do not. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. So thanks for listening to this episode of the Fourth Throne Dynasty podcast. Uh, we will see you next week to wrap up week six.